0: So this is a gravestone, and if you've ever seen a gravestone, I'm sure probably most of us, if all of us, if not all of us, have seen a gravestone. Do you have a story? I don't want to hear. No, his name is irrelevant. (laughs) Weston R. Higgins. Listen, so this guy... All I did for this picture is I, I Googled gravestone and I picked the first decent one that I found that I, that had the the dates and the dash. That's all I wanted. What? Who lives a hundred years? Yeah, that's not. All right. So here's the thing: on a gravestone, on your typical gravestone, you'll get a series of dates. You'll get two dates. You'll get the date of the person's birth, right? And then you'll get the date of the person's demise, the day that they cease to exist on this planet. And then in between those two dates is a dash, a hyphen, whatever you want to call it. And that little symbol contains so much, if you think about it. Uh, That little symbol contains everything that happened in that person's life. In this dude's, how many years is that? In this dude's, is that true? Of course it is, he's an engineer. In this dude's 78 years, everything that he did was a part of whatever that he felt is contained in that dash. All the successes, all the failures, all the wins, all the losses, all the love, all the commitments, all the sorrow and the happiness, everything in a person's life is contained that one little dash, that one little symbol. I bring this up to talk about, uh, I think tonight I just want to talk about our lives um, and what our lives can be used for and and kind of the brevity of our lives. If you don't know what the word brevity is, you can look that up later. You can write in your notebook. It's probably spelled incorrectly because I'm not sure how to spell it to be honest with you either. E-V-I-T, whatever. Anyways, um, so we'll just get rolling. The first thing I want to talk about tonight is just a simple fact that life is short. Life is short. Write that down. Life is short. I'm sure you've heard that phrase 97 times. Maybe even above 97. Maybe 98 times. I'm going to hit you with this passage. You don't have to look in your Bibles. It's on the screen, this one. It's James 4, 13 through 14. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade And make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. It's kind of depressing, right? To read that. Our life is just a mist. And I think, kind of, the interesting thing about our, the interesting part of our lives is that we spend so much time looking forward to the next thing in our lives. And when we do that, we kind of stop living in the moment. If you think about it, as a kid, all you wanted was just to grow up so you could be a big kid, right? Maybe so you could have more privileges, more responsibilities, so that you could finally mow your parents' yard. Sign yourself with a or get your driver's license. We're looking forward to that. And then maybe when you get to that point, all you want to do is just get to the end of high school, graduate. And then once you get there, you want to go out and you want to live on your own. You want to make a living. You want to live your dreams, and then once you're living your dreams, then you just look forward to when you retire so you don't have to work anymore and you can live other different free dreams. Right? We're always looking forward to the, the end. And then eventually, before you know it, you're at the end of your life and not much to look forward to at that point except for eternity. The point of all this is just to say that our lives are fleeting. Our lives are really short. The, James talks about our life being a mist that just appears for a short time and then vanishes. And we have to really understand that as people, and especially you as teenagers, um, we need to wrap around your minds around the fact that life is short, life is brief. You are just a mist who's here for a short time and then gone. There's kind of this, this idea as a teenager that, that you're invincible. You know what I'm talking about? Do you feel that right now? You feel invincible, like you can do anything? Uh, and I think we as teenagers, and obviously I'm not saying that as a teenager, but as thinking back as a teenager, um, there's this mindset that we feel like we can do anything, that we feel like we can do anything we want to, nothing can touch us. And, and death seems like such a distant thing and in, in concept that we feel like we can do whatever we want and not really have to worry about suffering any consequences for that. That's not even on our radar. Um, but nationally, I'm going to hit you with some stats because I think that's dope. Uh, in 2013, so this was two, three years ago, um, there were 963,000 teen drivers that were involved in police-reported vehicle crashes, okay? So just shy of a mill. And of those crashes, 383,000 of them resulted in injuries, and just shy of 3,000 of them resulted in deaths, right? So in 2013, there were almost 3,000... Um, deaths, um, vehicle crash deaths in teenagers, just teenagers, right? Now, why is that? That's kind of a big number. Uh, like we've been talking about, I think it's all because teenagers kind of have this idea that that nothing can really happen to them. Again, that that death is such a distant thing, and it, it's not even really an option, right? But that's not true. I mean, bad things happen all the time. Uh, maybe you know of some people at your school, that were close to you or whatever, who died way too young. That happens all the time. I mean, almost 3,000 teens in 2013 died in a car accident. That's horrible. But that's just one example of this invincibility complex that sometimes that we have is in vehicle crashes. Uh, we have to live our lives with a perspective, right, with an eternal perspective, um, and recognize the fact that death does happen It can happen at any time. Uh, at no point were we promised a tomorrow, right? We shouldn't take tomorrow for granted. I mean, how many times do we do that, though? Like maybe even sometimes you'll be laying in bed thinking, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to do this tomorrow, and we just kind of assume tomorrow's going to come, but what if it doesn't? I mean, we're obviously all still here, so we've, we've had today, but we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed Thursday, January 21st, 2016 but we assume we have it tomorrow. But we don't, we may not. So we need to get this idea in our heads that we need to start living for the end. Stop living for the right now, but start living for the end. Live our lives thinking about the end of our lives. Ask yourself the tough questions like, what legacy do I want to leave behind? How do you want to remember it? Uh, if you were to die tomorrow, or today even, what would your legacy look like right now? How would you be remembered? And are you happy with that? Are you content with where you are now? And really need to start thinking about how your life that you live right now and how that affects your eternity because it does. The time we put in right now on earth affects where we spend eternity and how our eternity goes. Your decisions, the things that you do, your actions will affect where you spend eternity. And we need to start living with that in mind. So life is short, but also YOLO, YOLO. Is that still a thing? Wasn't that kind of interesting how that came with such ferocity? And then all of a sudden it's just gone. Nobody says YOLO anymore. That's probably good. So we can blame that on Drake, cool. All right, YOLO. All right, uh, we're going to, you don't have to, again, don't have to open up your Bibles to this one, it's on the screen, but we have Hebrews 9.27. It simply says, and just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So the one thing that we learn here in Hebrews and from this concept of YOLO is the fact that we don't have any do-overs. Uh, we get so used to do-overs, though, just in our culture society, and society and being alive, the, everything that we do, it seems like we have second chances in for the most part. Uh, video games, if you want, you can have second chances. This is what I do when I play uh, MLB The Show or Madden. Um, if I'm not getting the stats in my creative player, I, sh- I shut my PlayStation down, restart it, get it going again, restart, and try to get those stats up. Back when in, in the heyday, all right, when I was rocking uh, an NES, um, there's like no memory on those things. So what we had to do is you just shut it off and turn it back on, and you have to start over. So that's not as good of an illustration because you have to start over. But in video games, you kind of get second chances, um, even sometimes in school and tests. If you bomb a test, a lot of times, sometimes your teacher will feel bad for you um, and give you a do-over. We'll let you take it over again. If you take the driver's test and fail it, you can take it again. You can keep trying until you get your license, even though I think there should be a law against that. I think if you fail your driver's test twice or three times, I think you should just be banned from driving for the rest of your life. Well, that works too, but either way, you get a do-over. But there's one thing, obviously, we don't get a do-over for, and that's for our lives. Once we're done, we're done. There's no do-overs. Once we die, what we've done is done, and there's nothing we can do to go redo it to take it over. Um, You only live once. You have one life to live. What are you going to do with it? Do you ever think about that? What you're going to do with your life to live intentionally? A lot of times we just kind of live. We just go about our business, do our thing. We don't really live intentionally. We just live. Either that or we live intentionally, but 100% for ourselves out of our selfishness, spending our whole lives just doing things to make us more comfortable where we are. But really, where does that get us in the terms of your life and your effect on other people and in your eternity? So we've one life to live, and then Hebrews tells us that judgment comes after our one life. Hebrews and many, many other verses kind of describe this process of of judgment, of facing a trial after we die here our earthly death. Uh, Obviously, the judge is God the Father, and at this point is where we're going to be held responsible for the lives that we've lived. Everything that we've done, everything that we didn't do, every decision we make, everything uh, will be held responsible for those things. Now, obviously, the big thing here that to consider is that um, the most important thing is that our sins are covered by Jesus, by us giving our lives to Him and devoting our lives to Him and, and believing and accepting who He is, that He is the Son of God. And because of that, we will now be viewed as righteous in the eyes of God and of the judge. But Jesus kind of gives us an, an interesting glimpse into uh, this eternal judgment. He, he, he tells the story of, of how there's two different kinds of people. There's one group of people who, who loved, and there's another group that didn't love. There's one group that, that fed the hungry, that gave a drink to those that were thirsty, that clothed the naked, and then the other group didn't do those things. And he says that whatever we do here on earth to the least of these, to those kinds of people who are hungry, who are going, who are wanting, we do for him. The group that didn't feed those people, the group that didn't give the drink, that didn't clothe those people were simply just cast into hell forever. Now what's the difference here between these two groups of people? One group acted on their faith. One group uh, acted in love and loved the people around them. And that was reflected in their lives. And the other group didn't. They didn't love. Their faith was not put into action. And they were cast to hell for it. I mean, that's what's at stake in this life. It's much more than, than just a dash. It determines our forever. It determines our eternity. And we constantly have to be thinking about that. So life is short. You only live once. And then lastly, we just need to recognize the fact that we need to use our dash. We need to use our lives and to use them wisely. Open up your Bibles, Philippians. Philippians 1, 21 through 26. Great. Thanks, Justin. Just a stellar job. Uh, amazing. Uh, so in this passage, we see this, this interesting battle. Uh, the writer of this passage was Paul. And we get to see this battle in Paul's life, in his mind. Uh, Paul knew how amazing heaven was, and he desperately wanted to begin his eternity in heaven. But he also knew how incredibly important his life was. He recognizes that when he's alive, he has an opportunity to spread the message of Jesus and to build the kingdom of God, and that's what he did. That's all Paul did. If you read about his uh, just incredible conversion, he was on the road to Damascus. He was going to go kill Christians, and Jesus um, confronts him, blinds him, talks to him. And then from that point on, all Paul does is go tell people about Jesus. That's all he did until the day he died. He just traveled around telling people about Jesus and who Jesus was. Uh, he, he traveled, he endured all these incredible hardships, and he just preached Jesus everywhere he went. That was his entire um, existence as a Christian. To us, we have, we have one short life to live. The life you live here will decide um, a lot of different things. will decide your eternity Um, it'll decide how your life goes but not even just for you but it'll decide how other people's lives go how they are affected by you so the question is are you going to use your life to spread Jesus to those who haven't heard or are you just gonna kind of do your own thing but there's other things that we can do in our life Uh, we get some direction in Colossians 110 it's gonna be on the screen hopefully I don't know if I put it on there or not nope Must have just missed that one. It says this: Colossians one ten says this. So as to walk in a manner worthy, a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So this again kind of gives us some more guidance as to how to use our lives, what to do, what to strive for in our lives that we should be um, striving to live in a manner worthy of the Lord. What does that mean? Uh, The Lord Jesus died for our sins right? So what that means is that we need to be living our lives in a manner where we're trying the best we can to earn that sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Now, we will never accomplish that. We will never get to a point in our lives where we could somehow deserve what Jesus did for us, but we need to be striving for that. We need to be living our lives worthy of what Jesus did for us. And then it tells us two things that we need to be doing. The first thing is bearing fruit. We need to be bearing fruit. Now, the fruit that we bear uh, is just simply the things that we do. It's our actions. That's our fruit. Now, the thing that we need to, to ask ourselves is, Is our, are our actions matching the faith that we confess, that we proclaim, that we say we have? Are we loving our neighbor? Are we acting like Jesus did? Are we spreading the gospel of Jesus to the people around us? Can, can people see our fruit? Can people tell that we're followers of Jesus by the way we act, by the way we do things? So we need to bear fruit in our lives. And it tells us that we need to be increasing in knowledge, to be increasing in knowledge. And this is kind of one thing maybe we don't think about as much. The bearing fruit thing we get, we've heard that before. We need to be living our lives in a manner where we're pointing back to Jesus, right? But increasing in knowledge is something we just kind of don't think about a lot. Um, but we need to continue to strive to grow in our personal faith and knowledge and, and what we believe and what the Bible says. And obviously how we do that is by reading our Bible and by praying. We get to know God by praying to Him, by communicating with Him. And we get to know Him by reading His words. This book is filled with His words to us. This is our communication with God. Sometimes we get frustrated because we pray and, and, and we're not like having a conversation. We don't hear anything communicating back to us. And I can understand sometimes it's kind of a battle and a bummer, but he's given us uh, a lot of words. Uh, It would take you a long time to read all of his words in here. We have access to this right here. So we need to pray and we need to be in the Bible um, to figure out more who God is and increase our knowledge into him and to our faith. So another question you need to ask yourself about this is, how's your devotional life? Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that you have to engage um, and participate in your devotional life. So as we wrap up, life is short. You only live once. All these things are really true, and we need to kind of keep perspective on our lives, and we need to live our lives with eternity in mind. We need to live with the end in mind. When you look at the life dates of a person on their gravestone, the dash just kind of seems so insignificant but our our dashes, our lives, affect a lot. They affect the people around us, their lives and their eternities. It affects our eternities. We need to take advantage of our lives and we need to use our lives and use it not just for anything, but to use it to building the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we're so grateful we're so grateful for the lives that you've given us, God. I thank you, um, just for the opportunity that that all of us in this room have had to to wake up this morning and to live lives this morning. It's not um, it's not something that every single person had the opportunity to do. Um, so we're grateful for the opportunity that we have to to be alive today. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help us uh, get to the point where we don't take for granted the life the life that you that you give us. Lord, every day that we would. Uh, just wake up grateful and ready to to just attack um, and to live our lives for you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us recognize the the shortness of our lives and to take advantage of the time that we have and and to live with the end in mind. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us recognize that we only live once, there's no do-overs, and what we do now matters. The decisions, the things that we do now matter. It affects so much. It affects our lives now. It affects the lives of the people around us, and it affects our eternity. God, the single most important thing, We're we're going to be spending eternity. God, and the things that we do now affect that. I pray you would help us recognize that, and I pray, Lord, that you would just help us use our lives. Lord, use our lives to, to build up your kingdom. Lord, that we would bear fruit. Lord, that we won't just say we believe in you. We won't just say that we were followers of you, God, but but our lives would reflect that, that people would be able to tell, or that it would just be overflowing out of us. God, that you would help us just continue to strive to increase in knowledge. Lord, every day that we would just uh, pray to you and communicate with you, and every day we would read your words and we would grow closer and closer to you and gain more and more knowledge about you and the things of of you. Help us to strive for that. Help us to live with with perspective and, and intentionally. To live with a purpose. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.